What is going on, everybody? It's another episode of Questionable for Sunday. Turn our swag on with with my boy, the Commish Connor. How's it going? It's going well, man. Is uh, are we gonna get uh, DMCA a DMCA takedown request for playing Soldier Boy on maybe, Twitch? Maybe. That's right. We're live right now. Twitch. We're live TV. on Twitch. Uh, Eric told me about a minute before we started. So. And then posted it in the Discord about 30 seconds before we started. So I'm sure it's popping. I'm sure we have at least three viewers. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, right now, zero viewers, zero views. But hopefully that changes. Hopefully someone comes and hangs out. Oh, that's a uh, lie because I'm on it right now. Oh, but anyway, four viewers. Look at that. We're already. There you go. Popping. We're popping, baby. What's popping? Uh, Twitch.tv. Let's go. Question for Sunday. Back with another episode, and we got a special guest joining. Uh, recurring guest Joe, welcome to the pod. What's up, guys? Good to be here for the first uh, live podcast on Twitch. Joe, yeah. first of all, we got to start talking about your team, man. You're sitting at nine and three. You're second in the standings. It's going to be tough or nearly impossible to, to catch Jerry, who has 1,600 plus points scored. It's been a pretty successful season for you, man. What is the secret to your awesome season? Just like get good players, you know, draft well, make good trades, and pick up good free agents, and you got a good team. All right, I'm gonna write all those down. <laughs> yeah, Connor, Connor, you're asking for advice a few weeks back. Joe just gave me some good stuff. Uh, None of those were listed when I asked for advice, though, Joe. So you, clearly, you were holding back from me when I needed it and letting me flounder. I really appreciate that. I mean, it's fun just watching you lose six games in a row. I mean, like, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. And both you and McCory did it at the exact same time. So it's just, like, kind of, like, unprecedented. And someone's going to break that streak this weekend. It's going to be yep. exciting. It and will wait. be. And, uh, Joe, I got to say, the only reason you were invited on today's podcast is because since Connor has lost six in a row, he wanted to take some of the pressure off himself by inviting on the person who just lost to Chris. Uh, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, uh... well, that's a dirty lie. That's uh, libelous <laughs> slander, if I ever heard it. Joey, we love to have you on the show. Don't don't listen to Eric. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, you that... did lose to Crystal, right? That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah it was a little bit unfortunate. Did not it's a little bit a good... of a black eye on your season, one might say. Uh, I mean, like I didn't have a good week, but uh, you know, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I'm still in contention there for that number one seed, is Joe. Um... But let's jump into today's pod. Uh, now that we got the live aspect going, if you guys got some reactions or um, some some questions or anything you want to drop in in the chat here, I'm reading the chat. So we already got Music Man chiming in. Wow, this Eric fella sounds like a pussy. I don't know who that is, but I got to get him out of there. I might have to get someone on that to, to show him to the door. Uh, but Connor, you have a public service announcement you want to make. So why don't you oh, get us started? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, guys, the commissioner got a quick public service announcement, a quick PSA. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, EEIG League, it's pretty competitive. You know, uh, we have a lot of people in here who are big tryhards uh, who focus more on their fantasy football team or maybe creating fake advertisements uh, more than their actual day job. And, you know, I understand, you know, across the board, we're all pretty committed to EIG. We're trying to make it the best experience possible. And, you know, as a league, we've really upped the ante every year. We've done weekly prizes. You know, we made a Discord, which has been popping. We have emojis. Uh, we have a podcast, which has been great, you know, all that stuff. But I just want to take a quick second and remind the league 
Matt, the Discord group that we have, it is not a personal page to brag about how well a player on your team is doing. We're all experienced. Um, we've all we've all had this experience. Maybe not Chris, um, but you know, you have a day when your guy goes off. You know, you have a, an opportunity where someone on your team scores 30 points or whatever. You know, we've all seen this happen to our teams. Probably Chris hasn't seen it, but anyways, I've just seen a couple of posts in the Discord lately. I kind of want to. I'm not going to call it the person. I'm going to leave uh, that anonymous. But I've seen a couple of dumb shit be written. Uh, someone so said Duke Johnson season. Uh, someone also wrote uh, 35.8 points in the first quarter from Tyreek. LOL. You know, whenever I read that kind of stuff, I think it just speaks to the immaturity of some of our league members, uh -huh. and I find it pretty cringeworthy. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of private conversations on the side with multiple members of the league who agree with me. And once again, you know, not calling anyone out. The names of the person has been protected for their privacy. Um, but this is just a gentle reminder that even if a player on your team does well in one game, you personally did nothing to contribute to his success, and so you have absolutely nothing to brag about. It just uh, comes across as embarrassing. Gotcha. You know, a true journalist would uh, name his sources, but uh, interesting. No, I'll try to remember that. Uh, next time my team's finishing in second place and you're just not trying to make the toilet bowl. But uh, let's jump into the recap portion of today's pod and go over some of the scores uh, that we had going for for week 12 here. Uh, let's see. Let's start with you, Connor. Let's look at your game first. And, uh, oh, wow, what a surprise. You lost to Hovey 130.9 to 102.3. Uh, as mentioned before, Chris with a big win over Joe, 116.9 to 87.8. Jerry takes down Curtis, 156.3 to 93. Tristan beats AMAC 97.8 to 76.4. Jordan with another win, coming on strong to end the year 135.7 to 105.5 over Spencer. And uh, in the battle of the dads, I reigned supreme 182. That's right, you heard that right, 182 to 109.4. Uh, what a week it was. Uh, Connor, six straight losses. Um, you know, this is new territory for you. Definitely. Uh, What's what's going through your mind right now as the owner of your team now riding a six-game losing streak? Uh, to be honest, Eric, you know you may not know this, but you know as someone who's won the league before, I know this that you know the all-time greats we have short-term memories. So literally nothing's running through my mind. I am solely focused on my game this week against AMAC. Am I uh, reminding myself of the fact that Derek Carr absolutely cucked me last week and scored 0.6 points against the worst? Uh, sorry, second worst pass defense in the NFL. Am I thinking about that? No. You know, am I re am I remembering that he not only did he throw an interception, but he also lost three fumbles? No, I'm not gonna remember that. Am I am I remembering that he only had a 64.7 pass completion rate? No, I don't remember that at all because once again, I have a short-term memory. I'm not focused on it. I'm solely focused on my future. Uh, but nice try, nice try. Hey, if Connor, if it makes you feel better, the Raiders were like one of my Joe knows picks last week, and then they just get like doo dooed on. So, like, obviously you should have known as soon as I picked them as a pick that they were going to just get shit on. You know, I probably should have. And, you know, it's classic. It's like what I needed to do, I think if I – I need to go back and check all my games. But I think if I had uh, go back, probably I would say in seven of the games this year I've played the wrong quarterback because I don't have, like, a guy I'm going to play every week. I have guys I want to put in every other week or something. But, like, once again, Tannehill – Scores 19 points on my bench. And actually, funny enough, I, I thought about playing T. Higgins, but I was like, well, with Joe Burrow out, I don't know. Like, who, I, I actually forget who they played. 
this week at quarterback. So, so you're I was like, hyping ah. up T. Higgins when you trade for him, and then after right. you didn't even get to see him play with Brandon Allen, you're like, oh, he's going on my bench. Well, no, I hyped him up because he had Joe Burrow, Eric. If, yeah, I don't but know if you know this, but the number one draft pick actually tore an MCL and, and his ACL. Um, I had him on my team. You may not have been paying attention. But anyways, you know, and Higgins was actually pretty good before Burrow went down. He didn't really do much when, you know, uh, I think when Ryan Lindley went in. So I was like, well, I don't really trust Higgins, which sucks. Classic classic luck this year for me, you know. Uh, I trade for a guy. Classic shitty roster management. Quarterback. Can't even yeah, start yeah. the right quarterback every week seven weeks it's like well maybe you just suck at picking quarterbacks no it's not just blind luck no actually what i'm thinking about what i'm going to do moving forward uh in the toilet bowl bracket which you know everyone really cares about no one gives a fuck about the playoffs is that i'm just going to think to myself i'm going to do what i normally do i'm going to look at uh who's playing who do i have a quarterback who are the receiving options who are they playing against i'm going to make a decision based on logic which is what i've been doing and then i'm going to reverse that decision and immediately do the opposite because that actually has been working better for me recently nice all right well hopefully we'll see you in the topo again i and you harped on you know way back when you won the league title but you, you're also a toe champion as well so just wanted to put that out that's there. correct see i've experienced both the highs and the lows of fantasy football i know exactly what it feels to stand on the top of mount Everest as well as be in the bottom of mariana's trench and let me tell you what I think that avoiding the being in the toilet bowl is way more exciting than being in the actual championship because if you win the championship, who fuck cares about some cash? It's not a big deal, man. But if you lose that goddamn toilet bowl, man, you will be making a fool of yourself on the internet for all your friends. Exactly. Uh, let's jump into our highlights from week 12. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you. What was your highlight? So I really did not have a good fantasy football week this week, but the one thing I did that was a highlight is I bet Tyree Kill for first touchdown in the Chiefs game caught a 75 yard bomb and then right after that bet Devonte adams first touchdown in the packers uh game that night he caught the first touchdown so uh not a good week fantasy football wise but a good week gambling nice not for the people who followed your chosen those picks but uh just want to put that out there uh connor mm-hmm. let's go back to you uh what was your highlight for week 12 oh we're coming back to me already oh, okay sorry um my highlight for uh week 12 um goes to uh, uh google ads wow um you guys know google ads uh yeah i'm aware what's 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 uh, what's going on with google ads yeah great question eric thanks for the segue you know um as everyone here knows you know your phone's constantly tracking your location and recording your voice and that data is being sold to companies so they can target you with advertisements you guys aware of this i'm sure you are to the chinese probably selling it to well, I don't know about that. I uh, can't, can't confirm. But it's kind of crazy how everyone really knows this and uh, no one really gives a fuck. Uh, it's kind of like out of a dystopian novel. You know, and you'd think that the government would do something, but it turns out they're all corrupt and bought by these same companies. Uh, so they don't really give a fuck anyways. I mean, the government is also collecting all of our data as well. You know, we know that thanks to Edward Snowden, a man who literally cannot come back to America because he'll be thrown in jail for revealing that the government was breaking its own laws, which is crazy. Anyways, you know, I have been... On doing my normal thing in my life, going to work, you know, doing whatever. But I would say over the past 10 days, 75% of all the ads I've seen on YouTube and Google have been for a company called Hello Tushy, which is an American business that sells bidets. Uh, they pop up when I watch YouTube or doing whatever. And I guarantee you the reason is because I talk about bidets out loud and my phone hears that. And then Apple sells the data to Google. Google then takes money from Hello Tushy to spam me with advertisements. And, you know, it's just nice to uh, to know that our founding fathers started a revolution for less. 
And so here we are, bearing witness to the downfall of Western civilization. It's great. Uh, Joe, quick clapping your hands. But uh, uh, that's kind of ironic because on Monday I had a team meeting and my coworker was talking about their bidet and it was a Hello Tushy. And then that day I was watching YouTube and I got like six Hello Tushy ads. There you go. So Hello Tushy is watching. I have not gotten those ads, so clearly it is just picking up you guys talking about bidets all the time. Well, yeah, you have to say the word bidet a lot out loud near your phone, Joe. So this is the challenge for you. Uh, it's over the next seven days, every day, say the word bidet next to your phone at least three times, and let us know when you start getting ads. Okay, I will let you know that. Have you ever used a bidet, Connor? Uh, of co- as I mean, we're sponsored by Badonk Bidet. Of course I've used my Badonk Bidet, Eric. Come on. Wonderful experience. I must what kind of question is that? A great one. But uh, let's move on. That's another great highlight. My highlight was uh, yours truly scoring an EEIG record, 182 points, uh, led by 51.4 from Tyree Kill and 34.1 from Antonio Gibson. Uh, the previous high was last year. Hobie scored 181.8 in Week 8. Obviously, we have an additional roster spot this year, so that boosts me a bit there but uh you know put me up in the record books for now uh we got to go over our standings do you have anything to say about that performance connor uh, any any thoughts on uh, which, the 182 which point performance? performance from yours truly this in week 12 oh yeah uh, i'm really happy that uh your made-up team filled with millionaires <laughs> playing a children's game did well in their game against other millionaires good job yeah, good work. exactly do you want a cookie i do Make sure you send it my way. Yeah, I want it in one of those little Amazon boxes you put together. Okay, well, that there's a lot going on there. We, by the way, uh, speaking of that Amazon box, Joe. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to just talk about that Amazon box? Uh, it had some tea, a book, and a DVD that I do not remember right now. Did we ever talk uh, about this, Eric, about the Amazon box on the podcast? On all the I know is that Joe won the Jeopardy. He asked for the Amazon box. And then on the Discord, I probably asked for him to take a picture of it about six times, and it never happened. So then I kind of let it be. But, uh, Connor, if you want to share some insights since you obviously put it together, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, so I sent him a box of some uh, Earl Grey tea, which is uh, and it was like one of the highest rated uh teas you can find on amazon i have some myself it's really good it's like from england i sent him a dvd i believe of master and commander which is a fantastic movie uh with russell crowe uh from back in the like it's probably like 15 years old it's a, it's a classic uh movie about uh the napoleonic war and especially uh boat battles it's pretty great and then i believe the book i got you was the conquest of gaul which is written by julius caesar himself about his time taking over what is nowadays france I think nice. that sounds right. That sounds correct. Yo, we're going to have to ask you for some reviews on that book and that movie at some point. Uh, but, you know, Connor always putting together those great boxes. Uh, let's, go over yeah, our, let's go over our playoff standings here and kind of give a breakdown on uh, what's at stake now going into the final week of the regular season. Um, despite, you know, games getting delayed multiple times or teams... Uh, losing all of their quarterbacks and having to start a practice squad wide receiver. We have made it to the final week of the fantasy regular season. Uh, we, we talk about that game for a second. Did any of you guys watch the Broncos game? Uh, I saw like bits and pieces, but I wasn't uh, glued to my TV for it. Joe, did you watch it? 
So I did. The only complaint I have is there's like there's this one guy and I can't remember his name. He's on Fox. He's like their gambling expert or whatever that does his like kind of similar segment to Joe knows. And on Sunday morning, after all of the Broncos quarterbacks had ruled out, he tried to like tell everybody like, Oh, you should be betting the saints at minus five. And it's like, the line's already moved to minus 17. Don't pretend like you're telling people that's like a good bet when the line's already <laughs> moved 12 points the other way. I can't remember the name, but I'm just like trash. This guy's trash. Damn. That's embarrassing. Uh, did you have some insight on the game, Connor? Uh, no, I was just sparking conversation. It's usually what happens on a podcast. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, I would say I watched some of it. Uh, it. It was kind of interesting. Uh, it seemed like the Broncos themselves weren't even really using uh, him as a quarterback. They mostly did a lot of wildcat, um, did a lot of uh, running the ball with their multiple running backs. And it was kind of interesting, too, because you had uh, Taysom Hill on the other side who, you know, he threw the ball a little bit more, but not that much. It just kind of felt like an Army versus Navy game. In, in one of my leagues I'm in, I picked up Kendall Hinton because he was wide receiver eligible, and I mm-hmm. started him, and he scored, like, negative two points. So uh, yeah. that did not work out as, as well as I was hoping it would. But uh, uh sounds like the Broncos are going to have at least one quarterback available this week. So, What a blessing. Uh, yeah, what a blessing for them. But, but let's go over uh, the standings here. We're going to start with the playoff standings. The, uh, the top five teams, there's already five teams that have clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Jerry and Joe tied to top at nine and three. Ben and myself in third and fourth at eight and four. Hovey at seven and five. All five of those people have clinched a playoff spot. Um, and as far as the seating wise, let me look at my notes here. Jerry has locked up a bye. If he wins, he'll be the number one seed. If he loses, he could still finish as the one seed if Joe also lost, but he would finish no lower than second. Uh, Joe could also could earn a number one seed with the win and Jerry losing. Um, if he wins, he can finish no lower than second. And then Ben and myself are also in contention for the first for the two seed, uh, giving a first round bye. Hovey can finish as high as the three seed, but has the five seed locked up, so he can finish anywhere from third to fifth. Tristan is currently in the lead for the sixth spot. He has a fifty five point three point lead on Jordan and a fifty eight point nine point lead on Spencer. I would say at this point, Tristan's spot is pretty secure, uh, but those are the only two teams that could potentially catch up for him if he were to have a real stinker of the week. Uh, Connor is very excited to talk about the uh, toilet bowl standing since he's a part of it. So I'm going to give it, pass it over to him to kind of break down how the bracket for that is looking right now. Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, I wasn't even paying attention to what you just said. I was so bored. Jesus Christ. Literally, no one gives a fuck about the playoff race. And with your monotonous tone that you always have on this podcast, I was falling asleep over here. So thank you for saying my name explicitly so I could wake up. So, all right, guys, what people really care about is the Total Bowl preview. Currently number one seed, we have AMAC. He's actually guaranteed a buy. He'll take the one or the two seed. Uh, the way, only way he gets a two seed is if he wins this week and Spencer loses. I don't predict that to happen. So he's the current number one seed, and I predict him to be the number one seed in the toilet bowl. In the current second seed, we have Spencer. I predict him to actually get the third seed and not have a bye, able to get out of that toilet bowl uh, bracket earlier. He can actually get out of that with a victory over Eric and a loss of Curtis or Connor. Um, you know, he's been a rising team lately. So even if he does get a bye, you know, I don't expect him to go the distance. Uh, and he has 100 more points than Curtis, but only 20 more than me. Um, so basically, he needs to maintain that point advantage if he wins and I lose. But because he has the point advantage over Curtis, he should be fine. 
Curtis currently is the third seed. I predict him to get the second seed and to get a bye. He's against Joe this week, which will be a really tough matchup. Uh, Joe and I were actually talking a little bit about this before the podcast. It seems like his team's been doing fairly well recently. But unfortunately for Curtis, he was in such a hole earlier in the season points-wise that it's just going to be really tough to overcome. Your boy Connor, the commission. I'm currently in the fourth seed. I predict myself to be in the fifth seed of the toilet bowl. I play AMAC this week uh, to decide who will uh, not have a six-game losing streak. And the loser will have a seven-game losing streak, which would be nuts. I really hope I win so I don't have to go back on the podcast next week and listen to Eric bitch and moan about it. Um, Chris and I have similar point total, um, but his team kind of has been falling off. So I do predict uh, myself to get the fifth seed. Um, right does now, have more points than you as of right now, though. That is correct, isn't it? I'm sorry? Chris has outscored you this so that far. Is, that is correct. Okay, yes. I just wanted I to put that out there. I believe he has uh, 4.1 more points than me. That's correct. Okay, I just wanted to make sure um, I was out Thank there. you for interrupting. Which brings me to the fifth seed. That would be uh, Chris is currently the fifth seed. Uh, I predict him to be in the fourth seed. I think Chris will lose this week to Hobie by a lot. Um, and if I outscore him by five points, which I think is highly likely, Chris will get the fourth seed and I get the fifth seed. And that's my prediction. And there's a big old fight for the sixth seed currently between uh, Jordan and Tristan. Um, although I think that Tristan ha pretty much has it wrapped up in the playoffs. Uh, it'll kind of come down to uh, how many points people score this week. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I also predict that Jordan will be the sixth seed in the toilet bowl. I'm curious to hear you guys' opinions on this Tobol bracket. Uh, who do you who do you see matching up in the Tobol Championship uh, if you were to call right now? Well, so who gives a fuck? I don't care. What I want to hear is let's think of punishments. All right, we have Amax, Spencer, Curtis, Connor, Chris, and Jordan. Okay, I'm telling you, we got that's a an illustrious group of young men who we can pick on, myself included. Hey, Joe, if Spencer loses the toilet bowl, what would you? your recommended punishment be uh that's a tough one i'll have to like think about it a little bit uh gotta come up with something good for spencer though okay spencer right, well, has some has a some some great hair maybe we could uh force some Ooh. kind of new hairstyle on him uh you know we talked earlier i know connor off the pod last week about like making someone create a youtube series or like yes. become a vlogger you know if chris if chris finished last you know, maybe we could get some some EIG vlogs down in in the San Diego sewers from Chris. I I think that's a a good direction for the league. You know, I think we started this uh, toilet bowl punishment. You know, on the lighter side, Tristan has just brought it to a whole another level this year, which has been exciting to watch and listen to. And I think that uh, having forcing someone to make like a YouTube series, they have to post twelve videos. I think that'd be hilarious and maybe we can cater that to the person who gets last and maybe what some of their interests are like what if it was jordan and we we forced him to make youtube videos about his cats i would watch the shit out of <laughs> or maybe we could like force whoever gets last to uh take part in a boxing match against jake paul all right i'll, I'll let you coordinate that that seems like a lot <laughs> i think we could make it happen or some kind of i don't you know you probably do better than nate robinson did probably I don't know, man. He at least didn't Nate at least last the second round. <laughs> he did last the second round. He maybe shouldn't have lasted the second round. They probably should have stopped the fight after the first round. You know, uh, I thought but... that was so stupid. Everyone was giving Nate so much shit for that. It's like, dude, isn't Jake Paul like he's got a couple inches on him? Clearly had some weight on him. Clearly looked like he'd been training professionally as a box for a little bit. And Nate, you know, yeah, a professional athlete, but it's like it's totally different. You know, I can't believe he got so like so much flack for that. 
I mean, he did get his ass absolutely beat, so he kind of deserved it. Uh, I mean, what do you mean? Oh, he deserved to get flat. I mean, he he put himself in the ring. Like I respect that, you know. I mean, it's better than all us cucks who didn't go in there, you know. Yeah, well, hey, maybe whoever gets lashed should have to step into the box and everything against someone. Yeah, maybe maybe instead of the for the toilet bowl itself, maybe instead Seven of boxing match, the fantasy teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of the teams going at it, we just have the two people box. Yeah, I'd love to just see like a. A Curtis versus Spencer boxing match. Oh, the two lankiest guys? Oh, that'd be nuts, dude. Their reaches would be insane, Just you know? Canada versus, versus, uh, versus Britain in a, in a good old, you know, eight-round boxing match. Who says I'd, love no? to see, I'd love to see me versus AMAC. It'd be the two college athletes going at it. <laughs> exactly. UW StarCraft represent. Uh, but that is the total boy race. It's going to be an intense one. Uh, Joe, did, do you have any early favorites to make the total bowl? How do you think it shakes out? So right now, I think McCory has a really good chance to be in that toilet bowl final. And unfortunately, Connor, I think it's going to be down to you and McCory for a toilet bowl at the end. And it's wow. going to be an epic game. Because, like, especially since wow. whoever loses this week has a chance to be on a nine or ten game losing streak going into that toilet bowl that's true yeah it really hurts joe that you're throwing me in the toilet bowl already i'm just gonna pull that knife out of the side of me but uh you know i, I really think it's gonna be me over the likes of uh, spencer or curtis or chris yeah <laughs> i actually think spencer has one of the stronger teams in the toilet bowl bracket but he's in a situation where he, if he gets that first round by he would only have two games to uh to take himself out of the running so it's kind of a hard, it's kind of a weird predicament. I do agree with Joe. I think AMAC has the worst team, but I feel like uh, over Connor, you know, I feel like Connor's going to make it out. I feel like Chris and Curtis are definitely in that conversation as well uh, for worst team and uh, could be joining AMAC in that, in that championship matchup. Uh, but it's, we're all going to be looking forward to it. And if you got any ideas for a last place punishment, uh, make sure you post in the Discord because we, we want to have as many options as possible. Uh, that does it for our, our kind of standing breakdown. We're going to go to our new segment here this week in EEIG history. And for this week, I want to look back at week 13 of last season, 2019. Our guest today, Joe, took on Connor. And just like this year, he came away with a victory, 108.2 to 86.3. Dak Prescott and Cortland Sutton led the way for Joe, scoring 22.7 and 21.4 points, respectively. Looking at Connor's lineup, it was none other than Aaron Rodgers leading the way for him with 28 points. And his second leading scorer actually sat on his bench, uh, the great Rashad Penny, who tallied 100 total yards and scored once on the ground and once in the air for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, obviously Connor was probably pretty pumped up after seeing him have that big performance, started him in the playoffs. And uh, Connor, what happened when you started him in the playoffs? All right, uh, that, that, that pretty much does it for you. You as... know what happened, Eric. I bring it up all the time. He lost an ACL. He only scored on his first touch from scrimmage, and I ended up losing the first playoff game by, like, two points. I mean, if he had a full ACL, a full working knee, he would have definitely scored more than two points. So a tough loss for me. And not only on top of that, I also outscored everyone else every additional week after that. So, really, I actually won it last year. Yeah, I put an asterisk next to Jerry's championship. Oh, it is. I have one. to Connor. Um, but Connor, besides being a fantasy owner who can lose six straight games and might find himself in the top bowl, you are on the ground 
That's somehow correct. in Philadelphia, you got sources. That's correct. I have a source. I have an inside source. That's inside correct. source into mm-hmm. the the COVID situation that is ruining the nation. Miles Sanders, give us the dirt. What do you know about him this week? Uh, this week, my source has uh, informed me that Miles Sanders does not have COVID. Wow. Back to you, Eric. And that does it for does Miles Sanders have COVID? All right, we have our special guest, Joe, on the podcast. We're going to do a live Joe Knows. Joe, what do you got for us this week uh, for your segment? So this week we got our bets for college football. I really just took a look, and just basically college football is going to be overs week this week, just on Saturday. Any over, basically just take it. Um, It's going to be a lot of scoring in games this week. Just take all the overs this week. Just bet every over, and you should be good. Um, we have on Sunday, the two games that I like the most are Atlanta minus two and a half versus the, uh, sorry, not Atlanta, New Orleans minus two and a half versus Atlanta. Um, New Orleans blew them out a couple weeks ago. Uh, expect them to, uh, do the same again this week. Really surprised they're only in two and a half point favorite, uh, this week. Then the other game that I like is I like the Jets plus 10 against Oak. Not Oakland, Las Vegas. I uh, didn't think the Jets uh, um, are starting to play like a little bit better, and Las Vegas just looked absolutely awful last week. And we actually got a live uh, EIG degenerate pick this week. Um, if anybody has a horse betting account, in five minutes there is a race at Remington Park. Oh, sure. uh, the horse, the horse you want to bet is Moss M- Mischief. Uh, the eight horse. It is currently even money right now. You want to take that horse at Remington Park in four minutes. So for those of you that are live, got a secret bet, we'll let you know uh, live on the pod how that horse did in about 10 minutes. Yeah, for the two viewers that are watching right now, one of them is probably, it might be both of you guys. It also might just be some bot. Uh, uh, one of them is definitely me. <laughs> so for the one viewer out there who may or may not be a, a robot, you can bet that race rimming Remington Park. Uh, Moss Mischief. Moss it mischief. might be you, dude, to be honest. <laughs> um, Commander well, Root? Well, that's, Commander Root? That's, a, that's a bot. That, that oh, sucks because whoever, whoever isn't here is just missing out on a winner. Yeah, so, you know, try to spice things up for you guys. But since I'm here, here fuck all you guys. <laughs> Some of you, you mean everyone. No one's here. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, to help, try to help keep this podcast afloat, uh, we have to ask you know for some help from our sponsors and uh, we got an ad that we want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors today so connor what do you got for us yes that's correct uh, hey guys commish here um for those of you who don't know i've been doing a lot of gardening recently with the pandemic going on it's been nice to have an outlet for my creative juices you know as well as having a consistent way to keep my flexibility you know bending over to pull a weed or squatting down to plant a flower it's really good for the body and soul I really enjoy the time I spend with my new plants and making them look as beautiful as possible. Just the other day, my Middle Miss Red Camellias survived another wet day here in Portland and were in full bloom for all to see. I don't really talk to my neighbors, but if I did, I assure you they would compliment my garden and its diversity. I have cucumbers, tomatoes, tulips, watermelons, you name it. I have it. And one of the most stunning parts of my collection are my Franklin tree flowers, which I had to bribe the U.S. Customs agent to let into the country since they are illegal to import from South America due to their association with Argentinian dictator Jorge Rafael Videlo Redondo, a man who was prosecuted for large-scale human rights 
abuses and crimes against humanity that took place under his rule. An estimated 30,000 political dissidents vanished or were killed during his time in power, on top of which he was heavily involved in the rat lines, which was a system of escape routes for Nazis fleeing Europe in the aftermath of World War II. So anyways, I'm in my garden the other day planning a new Black-Eyed Susan and enjoying a sip of coffee and working on the New York Times Sudoku while looking over my investment portfolio. And lo and behold, my stomach starts to hurt. And before you know it, I have completely shit my pants, which on one hand is great because I no longer need to buy fertilizer. But on the other hand, it puts me in a tough spot. Luckily for me, and hopefully you've already gone out and purchased one, I was close enough to my badonk bidet to quickly squaddle over and clean my ass just in time for the second round of diarrhea. The badonk bidet is America's oldest homegrown bidet for a reason. Its reliable copper-plated plumbing and hardened steel spout nozzles will last a generation. My badonk bidet has been in the family since my grandfather purchased it back in 1969, and I already have it on the list of items to pass down to the next generation once I find a female who will procreate with me. With just a simple button press, the badonk bidet's Kevlar-coated hardened steel tri-tip nozzle will plunge three centimeters into your asshole to clean the deepest parts of your colon. About a knuckle deep, I'd say, which we all know is the fun zone. So... If you're looking for a better way to bleach your sphincter, go to badonkbidet.com and use the promo code EEIG for 2% off your next purchase of over $500. That's right. These savings only apply if your cart items total above $500. Act now. You need to make sure your purchase is over $500 to use the promo code EEIG. Absolutely. So go to badonkbidet.com and order your next badonkbidet today and support the EEIG Questionable for Sunday podcast. Thank you to our sponsors there, Badonk Day. I mean, you guys got to be able, you guys got to cash in on that deal. Uh, another great offer. Make sure you spend over five hundred dollars though, and you get your two percent off. Exactly, another great offer from our friends over at Badonk Day supporting the podcast. Most of you probably didn't know this, but the trade deadline was yesterday, so trades for the season are done. Uh, what we want to do now is kind of take a look back at the trades that are made and kind of see how it's shaken out for all those involved. And um, kind of maybe grade these trades out, give give some final grades on who was the winner and loser. Yeah, and I think so because we did go over this last year. Uh, I thought, I, and remind me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I felt like last year we had a ton of trades. Yeah, we had a lot more trades last year. I just counted up now. We had eight trades, and and one of the, and two of the trades were people trading players back and forth to each other. So I don't know if you really even count that. Not really. Um, uh, Joe, why do you think the number of trades went down? Because I hypothesized last year it went up because we increased the roster sizes. Um, this year we also increased the roster size and added a starting position, but it felt like the trades went down. What do you think? Yeah, I think just adding the roster position, like, didn't, um, I figured that that would, like, help trade amounts go up, but it just really didn't. So, like, there's not really a good explanation as to why trade numbers went down just seems like really odd that we didn't have more trades this year what, what do you, you think, think that these, so i don't know i'm not really sure i think um maybe the fact that we did a trade review last year and went over every single individual trade uh you know and made it public knowledge how we felt about them kind of turned people off to trading I, I don't think people really give that much of a shit about other people's opinion in our league but i know eric i know you do i know you're a you know you're a warrior of the masses so maybe you did but I think, honestly, the added bench spot hurt trading because it felt like um, people were just holding on and, like, 
holding on to all their players a lot more often. And maybe that's not true, um, but we definitely had a lot less trades than last year, which is kind of sad to see. You know, I was kind of I was kind of proud of us last year. We had a ton. Yeah, I was pretty proud last year. This year, kind of disappointing. A lot of the same names involved in trades as well. Um, but hey, uh, teach their own, right? We let everyone manage their team how they best see fit. Uh, well, not you. Uh, you, you. I mean, when your opponent doesn't play someone, you tell me to play the player. So you, you literally tell someone how to manage their team. But everyone else besides you, that's yeah, that's what we're exactly. Uh, the circle call me the bad guy again. That's all right. Um, but I didn't, I, no one said such a thing. Eric. <laughs> let's look at keep all going, the Eric. You're doing a great job on the podcast. Keep going. Keep it up. Let's look. <laughs> let's look at all the trades here and uh, kind of hand out our grades how we think. Everything shook out. Uh, the first trade that happened this year took place on September 23rd. Jordan and myself. Jordan deals Tyreek Hill and the great Duke Johnson for Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Michael Pittman Jr., and Wayne Gallman. Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. How do you see this one uh, kind of shaking out? So when the trade went down, I thought that you had the better end. I thought that you getting Tyreek jo- uh, Tyree Hill excuse me, was a great pickup. And, you know, Duke Johnson... Um, very valuable handcuff to David Johnson, who's missed some time previously. We all know that uh, Wayne, the lame Gallman, also known as $180 man, uh, you know, is kind of an embarrassment for the Giants. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen has had injury concerns. Devontae Parker's on the Dolphins. So you can't really trust him. And Michael Pittman was, a, uh, you know, he's a rookie. Um, so actually, initially, I thought that you had it, Eric. But actually, looking back, I think uh, both teams, I mean, in the, the trade in a vacuum, I think actually Jordan wins the trade. But didn't he go ahead and drop a couple of these guys? I think he dropped Gallman and Pittman. Right? No, he still rosters Pittman, but Gallman uh, did end up getting dropped from his team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, Gallman's he... on my team now. Thank you. Um, then actually, if, if you know, even then, I, I really shouldn't keep that part of my uh, trade grade. I'm going to give this one to Jordan. I think that even though Eric got the better player, obviously Tyree Kill, and yeah, Duke Johnson has been serviceable for the past couple weeks. Keenan Allen has been play- playing awesome this year. Devontae Parker has been a, uh, an awesome wide receiver as well. Michael Pittman, I think he had a bad week last week, but the week before he was doing fine, and Wayne Gallman was a, a pretty nice pickup for the Giants for a couple weeks after Barkley went down. So I'm going to give it to Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good trade for both of us. Obviously, Tyree Kill has worked out for me, uh, number one receiver, so that's been good. Duke Johnson, like you said, he's been a valuable handcuff. Uh, Keenan Allen, I, I never thought he'd be as good as he has been. Obviously, he's Justin Herbert's, healthy, you know? Justin Herbert's favorite target. I mean, he gets like 12-plus targets every single game. He's always looking for Keenan Allen. Devontae, number four wide receiver of the year, Keenan Allen. Yeah, Devontae Parker uh, with Tua at quarterback hasn't been great, but I think if Fitzpatrick is the starter, you feel a lot better about Devontae Parker. And Michael Pippen Jr. for a flex, I mean, you can't really complain with having him as your flex at this point. Um, just kind of given some of the guys you're sometimes having to start there, I feel like Pittman is, is not a bad option. So, you know, for Jordan, I would say it definitely worked out. Obviously, Wayne Gallman no longer on his team. If he had Wayne, if he still had Wayne Gallman, I, I could agree with you saying he definitely won. Uh, I think this one's – you could go either way, though, on this one. Um, Joe, what would you think of this trade? So I think it would have been a lot better if Jordan had kept Wayne Gallman, but just Keenan Allen. But you can't keep that in mind. If even yeah, it's this ha- this trade has to be graded in a bubble. I mean, if we're looking at it now, though, like we also looked at it at, at when it happened. If you're looking at it now, Gallman. Well, that's the, the whole point, right? We're looking at it now, right? We're looking at it today. Isn't that the whole point of this? Yeah, I think that if you redid the trade today, you wouldn't. You would want to be on Jordan's side with getting those players. Um, Obviously, Tyree Kill's done really well for you, but then Keenan Allen's also crushed it. 
And then I think the extra guys that Jordan would have gotten um, would have made it better for Jordan if we were just redoing the trade today. Yeah, I agree. Right, so we all think that Jordan won the trade. Nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. All right, and our next trade here, September 29th, uh, Hovey and Spencer made the first of three deals between each other. Hovey traded C.D. Lamb to Spencer for Sonny Michelle and Anthony Miller. Uh, I'll start here. I would just say that at this point, you would say neither team won the trade, really. I mean, I guess uh, Spencer got the best player out of the deal, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has been, like, up or down for a while. He looked really good. Then the Dak went down. The right. Dallas quarterback situation happened. I mean, I guess... I guess you'd say Spencer wins. You'd rather have CeeDee Lamb over anybody else in the deal. So CeeDee Lamb is a fine starter. It's like your third receiver flex. Sonny Michelle or Anthony Miller, I don't know if you're ever really feeling that great about playing them in any week. You're pretty desperate if you're playing any of them in a spot. So I guess you'd have to say um, Spencer edges it out here. Uh, Connor, Connor what do you think? I'd, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that, uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb, he's 20, 25th overall wide receiver. Um, he probably would have been even higher if Dak didn't get hurt. So a little bit unlucky on Spencer's part. But I think that CeeDee Lamb's definitely one of the rising stars in the league. and It'll be a really hot commodity next draft. I would agree with that, too. Um, I don't think this will be even rostering Sony Michelle or Anthony Miller anymore. Let's take a look. Uh, no, SMID. Wait, no, that's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops, wrong guy. Let's take a look. Um, Sony Michelle I w- is on Hovey's team. And then, so okay, so, so he still rosters both. There players. you go. He's, yeah, he's holding on to them both. Love to see it. Um, these next two trades, I don't even know if we want to go much into it. So, uh, can can you explain what happened? I I don't really know uh, here. I feel like you know, Hobie and Spencer is like sucking each other off, doing favors. Is this for a little each sketchy? Uh, looking back, it, it was maybe kind of weird, but no, no one really cared or noticed because of like the people involved. Uh, Hobie traded Steelers defense to Spencer for Adam Humphreys on October 3rd and on October 6th they had dealt the players back to each other uh, I don't remember the exact situation that happened here but uh, but yeah we'll just move on from those ones uh, our next Agreed. trade <laughs> our next trade let's just say no one won the trade in fact the league lost the trade yeah I think we all just lost brain cells here and us talk about it for 30 seconds um, October 15th, Curtis trades Mark Andrews to Connor for John Brown and Darius Slayton. Uh, Connor, since you were involved, I'll start with you. Actually, uh, I want to start with Joe this time. I want to hear Joe's okay. thoughts. Let's start with Joe. Joe, what do you think about this one now? Looking on. So at the time, I thought Connor got a really good deal on this. Um, unfortunately, the Ravens offense just hasn't really been good. Um, I mean, obviously, Andrews is still like a tight end that you're starting every week. Um but I don't – I think I still like to trade him, Connor, just because I have to assume that the Ravens offense could explode. But I'm – I guess I'd still just call it like an even trade now. Uh, Connor, do you, do you agree disagree? What are you thinking? Um, I actually still think it's it's favored to me. Um, John Brown's not rostered on uh, with Curtis anymore, and yeah, actually, I don't, I'm not even sure if Darius Slayton's been—he's been playing Darius Slayton. While I've got uh, you know a tight end I could play every week, and but you know at the same time, Mark Andrews has been really underwhelming since I traded for him. Um, I think he's still averaging like eight or nine points a game because he put up a 18 burger against Tennessee. Now he's injured, so that's kind of tough too. Um, I think I narrowly get the edge on this, but to be honest, in the moment, I thought it was a big win for me, and it turns out it really wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a big win for you as well. 
Uh, obviously, now with John Brown being out, that definitely hurts Curtis's side of the deal. Uh, like Mark Andrews versus Darius Slayton, I'd just rather have Andrews and start one of their wide receiver I could I have. Her Positional scarcity, Eric. Exactly. And, like, at least with Andrews, there's that, you know, like you said, there he had the 18-point game against Tennessee. There's that potential of, like, him catching, a, having a two- or three-touchdown game and having a huge week for you. Uh, so, given that, I would take Connor's side. So, props to you, Connor. Uh, our next trade occurred October 29th. Ben traded Ronald Jones and Josh Allen for Tyler Lockett and Cordero Patterson. That was what Joe gave up for him. Um, Joe, what you know, looking at this now, how do you feel about the deal, the deal that you made? So at the time, I thought it was like a fairly pretty fair trade but like kind of looking at it now i think i clearly won that trade like it's not even really that close yeah i mean lock it i don't know about you guys but i yeah, think fuck you at this joe level, i knew you wanted at the time i still think you want it dude fuck you all right yeah lock it you I think, your quarterback problem you got a decent rb2 for lock it you, you it. sold high on him too you know I, I, I definitely sold high. yeah yeah Lockett had like the three touchdown game i think the, this is he had a three touchdown game yep. then you traded him if i'm I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Obviously selling high and lock it there. I feel like at the time, like when we talked yeah. about the trade on the podcast, we kind of maybe glossed over the Ronald Jones part of the trade. I feel like that definitely. was a, that was a big hit for Ben. If you just looking at his running backs now, he could definitely use a guy like Ronald Jones on in his roster. And Tyler Lockett, obviously Josh Allen was like not a big loss for Ben because he had two other quarterbacks who were better than him. But Tyler Lockett has just been yeah. pretty mediocre at this point since that but- since that big game. But on the other on the other side of it, you know, um, yeah, Ben did have two other quarterbacks, and yeah, Joe was able to fix his QB situation. But Josh Allen had a really hot start to the year, and he's kind of like cooled down a little bit, to be totally honest. He had he had he had two slower games, and then he's picked it back up again because he had two slow games, and he had that explosion where he had like a thirty-eight point game, and then like a twenty-five point game. So he just had two bad weeks. He had that game against the Seahawks where he just exploded. Yeah, looks I, like, yeah, yeah. He had he had like a couple bad. He had like sixteen. I mean, weeks five through eight. I don't know what I don't know when you made this trade. Maybe two bad weeks for you. So you're kind of buying low on him a little bit. I guess he didn't do that hot last week either. But still, I mean, I think it. You're gonna Josh Allen's a guy you're gonna play every week, right? At yeah. quarterback. So yeah, no problem. he's like a for sure top six, seven fantasy quarterback. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely it hasn't worked out for Ben there as far as his Tower Lockett's production. Um, but he's. You know, kind of similar to Andrews, he's one of those guys like you wouldn't be surprised if he caught two touchdowns in each of the next three games or something like that. It wouldn't shock you at all. Right. Um, our next trade occurred on November 10th. I was included in this one. AMAC traded Aaron Jones and Jared Goff to me for Darren Waller, Justin Jackson, Travis Homer, Michael Gallup, just, Justin Jackson. This is twice here. <laughs> Sorry, Darren Waller, Justin Jackson, Travis Homer, Michael Gallup, and Christian Kirk. Uh, Pulling an Anchorman, Eric. <laughs> Connor, I'll I'll start with you here. What what do you think now, looking back on this one? Um, I, honestly, at the time, I was just really confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Because it just seemed unbelievable that AMAC would agree to that trade. Um, it just seems like the classic trade. Okay, I'm gonna give you five guys for one guy, and it's that never works. <laughs> Usually people see right through that. They're like, okay, yeah, I want five scrubs for my top five running back. No thanks. Apparently, Amac was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I, I need a tight end. Give me Darren Waller. I don't care who else you throw in. 
Um, and I think that not only did you win it at the time, I think you still won this trip. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird situation because, as we'll discuss next, Aaron Jones was on my team for one day. But just as far as AMAC side of the deal, you know, Darren Walher is still like, I mean, he's a good tight end. You're gonna you're starting him Top every three. week. Yeah, he's in there. Uh, it didn't work out with just with Justin Jackson. I think we made the trade on like a Tuesday, and on Thursday or Friday of that week, Justin Jackson went on IR. So obviously, AMAC is taking a huge hit in that trade. With that being the best running back, he got out of the deal. Christian Kirk, uh, before I dealt him, had had some big weeks catching touchdowns. He really hasn't sustained that success. And Travis Homer, obviously, you're not playing him. Michael Gallup is kind of just like a throw him in your flex and pray that he I wouldn't even touchdown. play him at flex I have, I have five other better options yeah I mean for Amax team no it, it might be one of his options at flex yeah. and he, he's just kind of praying at that point so obviously, yeah I feel like he could have got way more value back for Aaron Jones um, I'm not sure how you were able to, to pull that one off of him yeah I mean at the time I, I think I said this I feel like I made some better offers to him that were kind of more fair for on his end maybe wasn't so lopsided towards me that he declined and this was the offer that we ended up settling on which i obviously was happy about um but you know that's just how this is how it works sometimes you know if justin jackson wasn't injured and maybe he was productive for three or four weeks there he could have helped amac win a couple more games um, but with him going on ir it obviously kind of just ruined the deal for him uh, but as I mentioned with Aaron Jones, he was only on my team for a day. So on November 11th, me and Joe made a deal. I traded Aaron Jones and Corey Davis to Joe for Antonio Gibson, Chris Godwin, and Robert Woods. Um, at the time, I thought, you know, this is like, this is a, a good trade for both of us. I think it made each of our teams like just a little bit better. Uh, obviously, now looking at it, I don't think Joe's expecting Antonio Gibson was going to be what he was. Uh, Chris Godwin and Robert Woods have both been pretty solid as well. Uh, so I think if we were to, I don't think Joe would make this trade now, or, you know, if yeah, yesterday's trade deadline, he wouldn't have made this deal. Aaron Jones, this has kind of been okay. He hasn't been great since he came back from his injury. Corey Davis is a fine receiver, but just based on what he gave up, uh, I don't think Joe would make this trade again. So I guess you would say, I well, let's ask deal. him, Joe, what do you agree with that? Probably not, but I'm actually, it's mostly just Antonio Gibson's got a ton of touchdowns since I traded him, and I don't know if that's going to continue. I think he has like five touchdowns in three games, and I don't know if that's likely to continue. Uh, Antonio Jones, uh, uh, sorry, Antonio Gibson, if we were actually not past the trade, trade deadline, would be like a sell high candidate for me right now because their schedule actually gets a little bit tougher uh, coming up. So I don't like think that's going to continue. I mean, like, I still like Aaron Jones the rest of the year. I like the Packers offense, and Corey Davis has been solid. Um, but, yeah, I think you definitely, so far, have gotten the better end of it. Connor, what what do you what is your analysis on this one? Yeah, I, I agree with Joe. I think that uh, – I think you got the better end of it, Eric. Um, maybe – I think at the time, Corey Davis, I think A.J. Brown was still – was he still hurt when you traded him? No, he, I think they're he's both bad. healthy, but I mean, Corey Davis has been a pretty solid receiver this year. No, absolutely. He's been a solid, like, I mean, the guy you, you could put in your flex every week. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I'd have to check, but I thought that Godwin wasn't have as like great of a year. I guess he's wide receiver 37, um, which, you he's, know, is not that great. He's wide missed, receiver 37, uh, but he's missed like four games. His, yeah, like, he, average let's see, yeah, yeah, let's see at his average. Yeah. Right, right. His average is, let's see. I'm just going to pull this up very briefly. I mean, yeah, he's probably top 15 top 16 with averages so yeah he's still pretty solid i think that yeah joe definitely you know i uh, sorry eric edges it out but it was it was pretty close and generally favorable for 
for both teams. I mean, and who knows? Like, Aaron Jones hasn't been great these last few weeks, but, you know, he could turn it up here at the, in the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, He's if capable. he has some big weeks, you know, we're, maybe we're looking back on this trade at two more weeks say, you know, hey, this really did work out for Joe with Aaron Jones. So um, we'll just kind of have to see how it shakes out here. And uh, our final trade of the week uh, also involved Joe and our and the, our co-host here, Connor. Connor traded DeAndre Hopkins to Joe for Ronald Jones. Ronald so Jones the second. I can't forget that. And T. Higgins. Um, Connor, how are you feeling about this now that we're a couple weeks in? Well, to be honest, man, it was a tough, tough trade to pull the trigger on. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's one of my guys. I knew he was going to have a good year. I love watching him play. Um, you know, I know that you and your brother, the two people who I'm sharing this podcast with, you guys are like robots. You guys consult your Excel file. Who should I trade for this player? You know, me, I'm a little bit more emotional. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know, I get attached to my players. And sometimes that rides me to the ship, Eric. I know you haven't been there. But sometimes it all also rides oh, me to I've the toilet bowl. I've been there four and times. You, you, Just, I'm always well, the bridesmaid. Fair enough. So I think that, you know, in the moment, it was a good trade for me. I was, I, I, I've been high on T. Higgins this year. Um, one of my big regrets in a different league was picking him up and then dropping him. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and then Ronald Jones has been fairly solid. And, I, you know, I, I've had so many injuries at running back. I needed some guys I could plug and play. I was looking to trade Hopkins for, like, an RB2 and a high-end uh, wide receiver, two, which I think is pr- pretty, uh, pretty reasonable. Um, since the trade, I would say it's favored me. Uh, Dungeon Hopkins hasn't, I mean, he's been definitely serviceable the last two weeks, but I've, uh, actually T Higgins has outscored DeAndre Hopkins the last two weeks since the trade. And I've also had Ronald Jones on top of that at the same time though. I think it makes my team better. And I definitely think it makes Joe's team better. So I think it made both, both teams win, to be honest. What do you think, Joe? I'm going to let Eric go first uh, and then do my piece. I mean, still now I just, I just rather be on Joe's side. I think, you know, DeAndre Hopkins Better days are ahead for DeAndre Hopkins. I, I can't, you know, necessarily say the same thing about T. Higgins, just given the uh, quarterback situation there. Obviously, you never could have predicted that, Connor. Um, so, you know, it's yeah, not that's not really on to you there. It's just kind of, it's like the Justin Jackson situation with Amax. It's kind of an unfortunate situation. And Ronald Jones, I mean, he he was horrible the first week you had him. He was good last week. I mean, he's just kind of one of those guys you just never really know what you're going to get. So I don't know if I really consider him, like, solidified as, like, a great – like, he probably is an RB2 just because running back is so thin, but he's kind of more on the lower end on that conversation than more towards the middle of it. Um, so I think at this point I'd just rather have DeAndre Hopkins, the upside there, and and, uh, and roll with him. And I already know what Joe's going to say. He's going to say he loves it for his team, and I got fucked. I mean, I do love it for my team, but I got some fantasy football advice that you wanted, Connor. I got some for you. Ready? One sec. Get your notepad you out. Okay. Uh, you yeah, my pants, my pants are off. Give it to me. <laughs> so I think the common trend in all of these trades I made is that I'm usually trading a guy right after he has, like, one big week. And then everyone's like, all of a sudden thinks that like, oh, you know, I really want this guy. Like, oh, Tyler Lockett just caught three touchdowns for 200 yards last week. He's going to do that every week. Or, oh, Ronald Jones ripped off 150 yards and a touchdown. He's going to do that every week. So like in all these trades I made, usually involves me selling a guy right after they have a huge game. So like normally when you're like investing in stock, Connor, what's usually the goal when you buy a stock? It's to make money and get hoes. <laughs> So, but it's usually, you know, buy low, sell high, right? 
Yeah, it's business 101. I taught that class at UW. Yeah, so, like, why in fantasy football are people just, like, buying high on guys um, right after they have are probably at their highest value and had their, like, biggest game of the year? Like, you don't want to do that. You want to buy low and sell high, not buy high, sell low. So, like, normal, like, good investing advice is also good fantasy football advice. I feel like, I, I feel, I feel like I'm being patronized right now, to be honest with you. I mean, but, what, I mean, what's your response to that, Connor? How do you feel after hearing that analysis from Joe on the deal? I mean, I know Joe's trolling me. Um, I, I, it's one of those things where I knew I was. I, I mean, yeah, he just scored twenty-four point three points after I, right before I trade for him. And I know, yeah, that looks like I'm selling high. But to be honest with you, I don't really consider it to be selling high. For me, I was thinking more about the Bucks' offense in general. And I, I mean, I don't know about lately, but I thought they were starting to put it together. On top of the fact that you look at this year. You know, uh, Ronald Jones, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games of nine carries or more. So he's definitely getting the touches. He gets almost a reception. He definitely gets a reception every game, excuse me, except for the game against the Rams. I have the stats pulled up, that's all. So I, I don't know. I, I, I understand your rationale, Joe. You're like, okay, this guy did really well. Um, he's maximized his value, so I'll get rid of him and try to get a guy who, you know, is clearly a better player. Um, but from my perspective, I saw that. But at the same time, I also believed in the Bucks' offense. That might have been a mistake on my part, but I, I definitely needed the help at running back. And, and fortunately, I'm kicking myself in the in the shins because Eric also offered me Gibson and Woods for Hopkins, which probably would have been a better trade over the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I can I can maybe agree with what you said on Jones. I feel like more my issue with the deal. I feel like you're just selling a little low on Hopkins. It's like he had maybe had some of what some of his worst games, and then you're trying to get off of him. Then, um, you know, obviously you're in a tough situation at that point. You had lost four games in a row, and you needed to win a game, so you're just trying to shake things up. But, uh, but, yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think so. I mean, you take a look at let's look at T. Higgins, right? From weeks three through ten. So basically right before I traded for him, right, he only scored less than 10 points one time. He's averaging probably 16 to 17 points a game. That's a little bit – that's a hair below DeAndre Hopkins. On top of that, I get a solid RB2. And you guys know about positional scarcity with running backs, right? Exactly. All about it. Exactly. So I thought it was – you know, I still think it was a decent trade. I probably would make it again um, to be honest with you, Joe. I know you probably like – Joe, you're going to get off this podcast. You're going to laugh and say, ha, Connor, you're such a dumb fuck. You're going to go jerk off to the trade and fall asleep and wake up refreshed. But let me tell you what, okay? I'm going to be dodging the toilet bowl this year because I have Ronald Jones and T. Higgins on my team, and that makes me happy. I I wasn't just, like, talking about your trade, Connor. There was more of a, like, league-wide theme as well. That's true. You did that with Tyler Lockett as well. Yeah. 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 Just got to take that advice. Buy low and sell high. But that does it for the trades this year. Really, I would say there's like six trades. I'm not going to count Hobie and Spencer's fucking circle jerk with Adam Humphreys there. Uh, getting COVID from him, maybe. Uh, so six trades. A um, little disappointing, i got to say. Um, but that does it. The trade deadline has passed, so no more deals. Um, that's a bummer for me, man. I can't even, can't even make any offers anymore. It's, uh, it's actually, it may be a bummer for you, but it's a blessing for the rest of the league that is. we're not going to be harassed by you every other day oh, over this quarter text. Not going to get bullied by Airwick with the trade offer. Uh, but yeah, the day trade deadline has passed, so uh, let's move on now to week 13. Uh, because of the craziness of the NFL week, we haven't had waivers go through it. We'll be going through tonight. 
because it's Thursday right now as we record. Um, but we're still going to give our picks for Week 13. Uh, it's a little odd just because we don't know everyone's really final rosters because the waivers haven't gone through, but we're just going to go through and give our picks on uh, who, how we think it's going to shake out. Uh, Connor, do you want to go first? Absolutely. I'm taking ESPN's projected winner across the board. I'm taking Connor, Eric, Ben, Jerry, Joe, and Hovey. All right, Joe, what do you got? I am taking myself. I'm taking Spencer. I'm taking uh, Ben. I'm taking Jerry. I'm taking, uh, let's see, let's take Hovey. And then game of the week this week, Connor and McCory. I think we have all the same picks. Come on, Joe. Give it I'm to me, Connor. Joe. Let's Connor. go, Joe. Game of the week. By Sorry, the guest. Sh- Thank you, Joe. I love the shout book out, Shout out AMAC, but uh, shout out AMAC. You're, not win- you're not winning this week. Also, shout out to Eric. Uh, the Basically, that's the only difference between me and Joe's predictions that Eric will lose to Spencer. Love it. Yeah, I think me and Spencer are going to have a really close game. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he did come out victorious. Uh, but I'm going to go with myself. I mean, I picked it pretty much all the same. Ben, Jerry, uh, Joe, and Hovey. I actually think, you know, we didn't have waivers this week. So, you know, let's take a, let's take a deep dive into this matchup here between the the inexcusable so, mistakes. Did I get that right, Connor? Uh, like, inexcusable. Oh, it's like inexcusable. Can, can I actually do one more little rant here, though? Sure. Floor is yours. Okay. I got to say this, though. Fuck Roger Goodell for, like, giving preferential <laughs> treatment to the Ravens. You know, they got players with COVID, and they're like, oh, Denver has, like, four quarterbacks with COVID. They're like, oh, no, fuck you. You're going to have to play your game. But then when the Ravens get COVID, oh, we'll move your game to Tuesday so Lamar Jackson can, like, play in uh, in Curtis's fantasy lineup versus Joe. Oh, no, he tests positive for COVID. But we're just going to move their game back just so that he can, like, you know, play in their game and, you know, potentially like have a huge game to beat my team in you know a big fantasy football game this week so uh fuck roger goodell for giving the ravens preferential treatment just gonna throw that out there that's it's i gotta say one thing though it's so funny joe you saying fuck you to roger goodell that's like mike tomlin saying fuck you to omar epps Uh (laughs) (laughs) the doppelganger is strong uh connor right now es presents ESPN says you are at 56% win probability, so they're maybe saying this one uh, is closer than you would think. Uh, but, you know, you've gotten some nice boosts to your lineup here over the last couple of weeks with Chris Carson, Raheem Mostert coming back from injury. Uh, Mark Andrews did test positive for COVID, but he could, I think he will he will be back in your lineup uh, come his game next Tuesday. Uh you know, how, how are you feeling going into this matchup? Obviously, a lot on the line here, both with six-game losing streaks. Uh, you know, what are you thinking about? How are you feeling about your squad? What are you thinking going into this huge matchup against AMAC? Look, my team, you know, I, I, this week we have, we've had a couple good practices. Um, I, I rented a sledgehammer, and I, I basically exploded some watermelons, and I yelled at him. You know, and that seems to work in the real NFL, so I can only assume it works in the imaginary NFL. And, you know, I'm really confident. I, I think I, I think I have a good setup. You know, I got a couple guys back, like you mentioned. Um, I have a decent matchup with Ryan Tannehill, which historically means he will not score that many points, so I might have to sit his ass. And, uh, you know, I, I like my uh, – I like the Bills D against the Niners as well. You know, if Tristan was on the podcast, he'd be saying how great my fantasy defense will be this weekend. So shout out Tristan real quick. 
you know, and, I, and you're right, man. This this is the game of the week. This is an awesome matchup. We're going to see who can lose seven in a row. And I guarantee you right now on this questionable personality podcast, it will not be me. Wow. A big there guarantee there from Connor, guaranteeing himself to victory. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback situation, Connor. You have three of them. Um, Derek Carr facing the Jets this week. Last week, you picked him up, saw the great matchup against the Falcons. He's, how many points did he score you again? 0. 0.6? 1.6? Uh, you should be able to check on ESPN. Uh, let's see here. A big 0. 0.6 points from Derek Carr and that one against the Falcons. Going against. And then how many points did Jared Goff score? 2.9? These guys are fucking garbage, dude. What the hell? I so, thought Jared Goff was at least like a reasonable play at uh, fantasy, but you know, I don't even understand. Go, looking back to that trade though, now with with Amac trading, I guess I guess he you, wait. So did you actually take Garrett, Jared Goff in that trade and then drop him immediately, Eric? Did you play him at all? I didn't play him. I just took him because uh, I was maybe going to start him that week. It was the week he was playing the Seahawks, I think. So I was mm. maybe going to oh, start yeah. him, and, and I picked yep. up someone else and then didn't gotcha. start him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah, to be honest, though, I haven't actually uh, put in my waivers just yet, and um, I would not be surprised to see Goff and Carr not on my team for this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Uh, J- Jamison Crowder, he's kind of been, you know, the Jets, some other Jets receivers have kind of emerged for hit, ahead of him potentially, but going against the Raiders on Sunday, any chance he cracks their lineup? Uh, to be honest, no. Uh, you know, Crowder seemed to be the only target of Sam Darnold, and I believe that. Darnold's not going to play this week. I think it's still going to be Flacco. Um, and Flacco. I think it is seems... Darnold, actually. Oh, it is. I'll, then I'll have to check that. If it's Darnold, I'll probably play Crowder. If it's Flacco, he tends to just focus so on Brashad Perryman for some stupid reason. Um, so uh, if it's Flacco, I won't play Crowder. So that, that's actually how that lineup will go. And I'll probably sit Rashard Higgins. Um, all right, Connor, one last thing. You're in the locker room with your team pregame. What's your message to them before they head onto the field? First of all, we're all getting naked. We're all going to look at each other, you know, in the flesh and say, hey, we need to be true to ourselves and to our teammates, and we got to go out there and win. Then we're going to put our clothes back on. They're going to go out there and kick some ass. A great message from one of the EIG's finest fantasy football managers riding a six-game losing streak. Um, but we're all looking forward to that matchup between Connor and AMAC this week. Uh, it's now come to the time of the pod that you're all, you know, hanging on to the edge of your seats waiting for. Uh, first, we got some Jerry's Berries. Let's see what Jerry has to drop on us this week. Greetings and welcome to week 13 of Jerry's Berries. This is your host, Johnny Bravo Lookalike, and current projected number one seed, Jerry. This week, we'll find out what bad berries get voted off the island and what fruits of the week get immunity for week 13. Let's get to it. In this first immunity challenge, we have two players with matching point projections for this week going up against each other and trying to avoid being voted out during tribal council. We have Antonio Gibson and Nick Chubb, both with 13.3 projected points. This week, Nick Chubb has a much easier matchup Let's see if he can capitalize on this immunity challenge. Nick Chubb is your fruit of the week, expected to go over his 13-point projection. Meaning bad news for Antonio Gibson. Tougher matchup against Pittsburgh. And looks like you are going to get voted off. 
tribe has spoken. Moving on to the EEIG Tribal Council this week, we have the miscues going up against Kickers Live Matter. Shout out AMAC. This is the most anticipated matchup of the week, if not of the season, with these two longest losing streaks going head to head. Who will reign in this week's challenge? Welcome to Final Tribal Council. This is where we learn who is the ultimate survivor. Although this matchup is not projected to be too close, ESPN does not factor in the 20% deduction across all player projections for Connor. That means AMAC is actually favored in this matchup. 99 points to Connor's deducted to 91 points. So this week, let's see who is gets voted off in Tribal Council. See ya, Connor. Wow, Connor is voted off, giving AMAC the fruit of the week. Good luck to everyone in week 13. And now, back to your host. Damn, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry says your tribe is Just spoken. 100% want to point out, Connor would not lose that graciously. He would just be like... Fuck you, fuck you. If Connor was ever on Survivor and he got voted out, he would, like, flip everybody off as he got voted out. Well, okay, Joe, first of all, I was on Survivor Australia. Jerry clearly found that out. Uh, I've been outed. You guys may not know this. I'm actually a rally television star. But, uh, dude, I can't wait for them to catch on. See ya, Connor! <laughs> <laughs> Music Man 8701 in the chat dropping a see ya, Connor, out there. So, shout out to Music Man. Uh, but wow! Another old... great Jerry's berries, though he he brings it every week. I absolutely love it. I love that he's going to some of my favorite reality television shows. I mean, well done, man! Great job. A bold prediction here in Jerry's berries. I gotta love it. Going with Amac over Connor, and then in his fruit of the week, bad berry. He's taking Nick Chubb to outscore Antonio Gibson and me and Spencer's matchup this week. So some nice predictions there. Another great Jerry's berries. Uh, we're hitting another milestone this week. I can't believe it, but we are about to listen to Tristan's final diss track. Pretty crazy wow. to say now he has completed his his last place punishment, dropping 11 diss tracks across the other members of the league. Um, as you know, the last one is now here for Jerry, our defending champion. Uh, Connor, as you think back on this punishment, uh, 11 diss tracks coming from Tristan when his original punishment was to create one song. He's given us 11. Uh, how do you feel like he's he's done as he's carried this total torch and completed his punishment now and we're, as we're about to listen to his final diss track? Not only has Tristan carried the total torch, he's also carried our podcast. No one gives a shit what we say, Eric. <laughs> Everyone only tunes in to listen to these awesome diss tracks. I don't know what Tristan's going to pull out of his, uh, his magic hat today. Is he going to call someone gay? Is he going to say when they get erections? Is he going to bring up some time when they were seven years old, they did something stupid? I don't know, man. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. 
so far he's been absolutely fire. And actually, I've been most impressed with just his rhyming and rapping ability in general. I really didn't realize he had that much flow in him, but uh, he's been doing a pretty decent job. And that's coming from someone who listens to country music. All right, and this is the final diss track, the moment you've all been waiting for. You've probably skipped ahead to this part of the podcast. Listen to it. Here is the Jerry diss. Well, here we finally are. It's the end of the road. Pour one out. It's Christmas time. This one goes to the legend himself. The nice hair haver. The proper dresser. The straight-faced master. Is he a fruit or a bad berry? You tell me. He's a perennial powerhouse, the muscle of the league. What Joe is to luck, Jerry is to a freak. But EEIG is only part of the glory. Let's hit it with some facts and tell more of the story. Bringing that I-5, 60 mile an hour thunder. Never goes a tick over the limit. Stays locked in, two hands on the wheel, and looking a little timid. Makes sense why he sucks at Mario Kart. Sits at the line, forgets to tap A, then drives around like that mall cop Paul Blart. Driving's just not his thing. He'd prefer to sit down, then promptly walk out when someone puts on the scary movie Scream. He's got a bit of a temper, maybe you wouldn't expect. Took longer than EJ to sort a few cards from a deck. Spencer called him out for taking a long while. Jerry turned around and smashed a frisbee straight into Spencer's erectile penis. But maybe the most egregious act of all, Jerry likes to tweet to analysts who answer his every beck and call. Is Jerry's berries a true authentic take? Or is he the Brian Williams of the league and giving us that fake fake? Damn, Jerry. It's come to light. You're the Hobie of analyst takes. What are you gonna say to that? You got a rebuttal? Let's hear it. Damn, the Jerry did. Damn. Tristan, congratulations. You have officially completed your last place punishment. Well Shout done, Tristan. You. Little bit of sports killing it. Really like the uh, Christmas beat in the background, too. That one. Yeah, it uh, reminded me of, like, you ever heard DMX sing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? I got to be honest, though. Uh, some great lines. Nice hair haver straight face master i love that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where you come up with this shit tristan um and gosh you're calling calling jerry the hobie yeah. of analyst takes is that more offensive to jerry or to hobie <laughs> i'm not sure on that one he also issued a call out to jerry to rebuttal so that's true yeah uh, yeah yeah that was a first from a tristan distract asking for a rebuttal um we've seen what jerry's produced and jerry's berries uh, what do you think he could produce uh, as high of a quality in, in, a, in a rebuttal diss track? Oh, I think so. What do you think, Joe? Huh, yeah, I think Jerry should, uh, you know, go for it. Could be uh, some high quality, uh, high quality tracks. Can get like maybe like I mean we can get like a Tupac Biggie level beef going. Ooh, maybe a you know a guest appearance from someone else. We'll have to see what Jerry comes up with, uh, but. Once again, shout out to Tristan for uh, phenomenally completing his last place punishment, giving us great content for the podcast, uh, 11 weeks. Uh, starting, We started with the Connor diss track, now uh, ending with Jerry. Everyone's diss tracks have been phenomenal. So, uh, you know, got to get it for Tristan once more. Seriously, man. Uh, uh, to be honest, like, he's done such a good job. I almost feel like he Tristan has secretly wanted to be a rapper 
at his day job and then now is like having that outlet and so that's what he's been spending most of his time on the past couple of months because he's honestly not only have the rhymes been great the content's been awesome and he's always going with a different style of beat which i don't know where he finds these guys somewhere in the lab somewhere but overall the production quality is super high tristan's done an excellent job shout out right now good job god love it and uh you know that's gonna do it for for this week's episode of the pod joe thank you for coming on the pod man yeah uh connor any last words for the listeners out there last words yeah yeah everyone uh you know i know that we're coming up we just came from one holiday we got another holiday coming up if you're not sure what to do with yourself this weekend watch my matchup with amac this week it's gonna be an awesome fight i would say it's a fight between two titans that would be lying to myself and you guys let's see who ends the season on a seven game losing streak should be fun to watch all right, you heard it there. Got to check into that matchup. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you guys later. See ya. You know Dash River Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donder and Blitzen. But do you recall what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! <laughs>